0: Hello and welcome to the first ever Year 12 Outdoor Ed podcast. Throughout the year I'll be putting up podcasts that will help you better understand the content in this course. Today we're going to look at the overview of Australia's natural history and look at the characteristics that have made our country the way it is today. So firstly we're going to have a look at the overview of Australia's natural history. We have three stages um, that we can break it up into. We have the Precambrian, Godwana land, and the Isolation Phase. So the Precambrian stage was 3,500 3, to 600 million years ago. In the Precambrian phase, three early pieces of the continental crust, known as craters, formed. As the beginning of life It recognizes a period where single-celled organisms, such as bacteria, begin to form. Towards the end of the Precambrian phase, the first multicellular soft-bodies animals formed. These were the jellyfish. Uh, the second stage we're going to look at is Godwana Land. You've probably heard of this before. It is one of the supercontinents, okay? So Godwana Land formed along with Laurasia when the supercontinent Pangaea broke up. Godwana Land is when Australia was still connected to Antarctica and India. During this stage, the earth began to get warmer and there was a development of crocodiles, dinosaurs and mammals. The splitting of Godwana land caused natural isolation or biological isolation and has a range of effects on the environment that we'll look at a little bit further on in this. Thirdly, we have the isolation phases. During the isolation phase, Australia separated and remained warm and humid with rainforest vegetation. This so isolation has resulted in Australia's geological stability and climatic variability. Inland Australia has also had an abundance of rivers, plants and wildlife. During this period of isolation is where the development of Australia and other countries' natural environment really started to fall. Okay, we're now going to look at the char- characteristics of pre-human Australia. Uh, The three that we're going to look at is biological isolation, geological stability, and climatic variations. These are a little bit longer um, and can be a little bit harder to understand, so we'll go through it and we'll break it down and ask a few questions at times, okay? So biological isolation. Biological isolation refers to when a collection of species do not have contact with another species that they are able to breed or mate with. This process can be man-made or natural. An example of a man-made is a scientist going into a laboratory and segregating the species. An example of natural is natural disasters such as floods. Looking at the natural history of Australia before humans, we'll be focusing on the effects of natural biological isolation. Natural biological isolation occurred when Australia split from Godwana land to form its own land in isolation. For example, this can occur when organisms travel to islands and they can no longer breed with organisms from the mainland. Sometimes natural disasters such as earthquakes, volcanic eruptions and mudslides can force populations into separate areas. This means that these organisms will either die out or evolve separately. When a specific organism gets geographically isolated, they can no longer mate due to not being able to reach the opposite sex. Therefore, after many years, they can evolve into a different species and would not be able to mate with their original species. Geographical isolation contributed to Charles Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection. This theory evolved from the evidence and movement that scientists had found about how Australia formed before humans. In short, Charles Darwin's theory was that species change over time, or evolve in response to the environment. This is basically what biological isolation is the change of species over time by being isolated from one another. An example of biological isolation in Australia is something like the platypus. Large water rats were around in Godwana period. When Australia split with England, the water rats in Australia were left without breeding partners. As suggested by Charles Darwin, biological isolation resulted in the water rats in Australia forming into their own species as we know, the platypus. So, after listening to biological isolation, you need to be able to give a definition of biological isolation, and that can be something as simple as the change of species over time by being isolated from one another. You also need to be able to give an example So, something like the platypus and how it was around for the Godwana period. But after splitting up, the water rats in Australia were left without breeding partners and then had to evolve into their own species. Okay. The other thing that you need to do is be able to understand how biological isolation happens. So, as we spoke about, there is two different ways. And there's the man-made, which we spoke about the scientists very quickly, or there's the natural. You need to be able to understand the natural Okay, so therefore you need to be able to look at how it could form. So, things like volcanic eruptions, landslides, and things like floods, and even fires, okay? They're the natural barriers that can help form biological isolation, as well as, obviously, the breaking up of our island continent in Australia. Okay, the next point we're going to look at is geological stability. Things, questions that I want to ask you guys are, does Australia have many volcanoes, especially ones that are erupting still? How did the Twelve Apostles form? Why are the Twelve Apostles slowly diminishing? Do you think Australia is more prone to droughts and floods compared to other countries? Do you think Australia is more prone to bushfires? All of these things can be answered by looking at geological stability. So, when we're looking at the natural history of Australia, it's been relatively stable. There have been little volcanic eruptions in comparison to other countries. This is due to the fact that Australia is situated away from the tectonic boundaries. Geological stability in Australia is relatively stable, except when looking at erosion and the uplift of the Great Dividing Range. The geological stability is the cause of Australia's naturally, natural environment today erosion over the past millions of years has resulted in the display of many amazing rock formations, including the Twelve Apostles down the Great Ocean Road, remarkable rocks in South Australia, and even wave rock in Western Australia. The geological stability of the climate of Australia is what causes soil to be red in the Northern Territory. Soil is the product of rock erosion, and this rock erosion is caused by weathering. Due to our hot climate, this causes this change which then in turn results in the red colour in our soil. Geological stability means that there is little new fertile soil developed. Therefore, the old soil is blown away. This makes it difficult for new plants to fasten their roots, and this is particularly evident in the drier regions of Australia, such as the Northern Territory. Therefore, Australia is more prone to floods and droughts, And especially with the effect of climate change, these are becoming more and more frequent. Australia has a relatively stable source of water, heat and light in the rainforest areas. Therefore, the flora that is seen in these regions flourish. Because Australia has been separated from the rest of the world for millions of years, it has learnt to adapt, and the flora and fauna has evolved to be in varying shapes and sizes. Eucalyptus is a perfect example of a plant that has learnt to live in Australia in all its diverse environments, learning to adapt to live in both the snow and arid deserts, and in turn separating into over 900 other species. If you remember when we went up to Lake Mountain last year, you'd see the eucalyptus there. And we can look around, just around the school itself, and we've got eucalyptus. There are so many different types of species now, and that's purely because they have learned to evolve in this ever-changing environment. So if we think back to those questions at the start, does Australia have any volcanoes erupting? It doesn't, and that means that our soil is not as nutrient-rich as many other countries around the world. We're obviously more prone to bushfires as well. That's purely because of our very harsh and dry continent. Okay, We are the second driest continent on the planet, Okay, and that's only behind Antarctica, which pretty much isn't inhabited. So after looking at geological stability, we have to look and understand at how... Harsh our environment is, and how the plants and animals have adapted to it. We we'll look at the soil, we we'll look at the erosion, we we'll look at how dry and arid, especially most of our country, is. We are one of the driest countries in the world. Okay, I know this is starting to drag out, so I thought I'd throw a little joke in there. So, you can't run through campsites, you can only run because it's past tense. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Last one. Climatic variations. Climatic variations refer to the changes in climate over time and also the variability that Australia experiences from decade to decade. The degree of climate variability can be described by the differences between long-term statistics of meteorological elements and measuring tools. There are many different climatic variations that can occur over time ranging from periods of high rainfall to periods of no rainfall at all. The climate of any region is determined by four geological aspects. This includes latitude, distance from the sea, direction of winds and elevation. These factors all change depending on geological stability and many other contributing factors, even something as simple as time. As the climate changes, it affects living things on Earth, and obviously the planet in which we live, via altering the environment and weather patterns. For the past two million years or more, the climate of Australia has been dominated by extended periods of globally cooler temperatures than present. This is known as the Ice Age. These Ice Ages were interrupted by brief periods of warm weather, known as the Interglacial Periods. Currently we are in an interglacial period in Australia and it has lasted approximately 10,000 years. Although weather is complex and there are many integral changes that occur, these are two semi-stable states which have been identified. That's the interglacial and the ice age periods. A change to the interglacial period can be triggered by the Earth's orbit which affects the heat distribution by the Sun. The large climate changes have in the past controlled human migration in prehistory. These are very large climatic changes that can occur and there are also smaller climatic changes of only a few degrees which can affect regions for decades. The El Nino and La Nina effects also play a major role in the climatic variations that have occurred in the past. El Nino refers to when the sea surface temperatures Rise in the Eastern and Pacific Ocean. This has been known to reoccur every three to eight years. This El Nino period can cause many bushfires as the weather is hotter and drier over these periods. Drought is also more common during El Nino periods. Although droughts can strike at any time, climate is an ever-changing phenomenon and does not rotate through any particular perfect sequence. It's very diverse. There can be strong and weak periods of the El Nino which predetermine the impact it has on the weather. In contrast to the El Nino effect on Australia, we also have the La Nina. This refers to periods of cooler weather. And La Nina has more of a stronger effect than El Nino. This impacts the temperatures, making them cooler, but can also increase the rainfall at a particular time. Finally, post human impact has seen significant changes to the wet and pattern. During the 20th century, there has been an increase in the burning of fossil fuels. Coal, oil and natural gas. Agriculture and land clearing, which has been increasing the concentration of gases and therefore trapping the heat, causing the earth to heat up. This has had a large impact on the climatic variations on the earth itself. This global warming causes sea levels to rise, temperatures to rise more droughts, an increase in storm surges and severe weather events. So looking at climatic variations, you need to understand what La Nina is and how it is a significant period of rainfall um, and can lead to extensive flooding. Uh, Have a look at El Nino, okay, and that's looking at, obviously, the heat. It's drier than normal um, and, obviously, increases droughts and bushfires. So to summarise, we've looked at the three different um, sections that, distinct sections that we can break down Australia's natural history into, so the pre-Cambrian, Godwana land and the isolation phase. Then we looked at the characteristics of biological isolation, geological stability and climatic variations. Uh, this is the first podcast I've ever done. I hope it wasn't too boring for you guys and it's a different way of having to listen to me and not having to look at my face at the same time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hammond out.